So can we start this message today, our final message in the series on worship, with a combined declaration of praise. Uh, you may know that the Hebrew word for praise the Lord is hallelujah, right? So if, if, if anybody asks, like, what language do you speak, you can say, well, a fair bit of English, a little bit of, you know, Hebrew, and, uh, but it's hallelujah, means praise the Lord. And that's literally how the psalm begins that I just would like us to say together as an expression of our worship as we think of God, you are, you, you're my everything. So let's uh, say this together, you ready? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, you his servants. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted over all the nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, the one who sits enthroned on high? Indeed, who is like the Lord, right? Who's like the Lord? He's so good, isn't he? That we get to know him and follow him, be loved by him, we praise him together, we worship him. We said that the word worship is taken from the word English, old English word, worthship. And so when you worship, you're really declaring the worth of whatever, like a paint Rembrandt, or there's maybe something you see, you know, you, you see some kind of mountain, you go, wow, and you just say, that's amazing. And and you and it's and it's it's just worth gazing at. And we would say that about God. God, you are so worth it of our devotion, of our surrender, of our all. All of what we direct toward you, Lord, you are so good, so powerful, so gracious, so loving, so present, so eternal. God, you're worth it. You're worth it. Here's what we've been so far in our series. Week number one, we said that we're all worshipers. It's not a, the, the question of if we worship. The only variable is who or what we worship. Something is at the center of our life. And if there's anything outside of, of God in the center of our life, we call it idolatry, right? That something else has taken its place. Week number two, we saw how God is totally worth our worship, so much greater than we could ever comprehend. And then last week, we said the kind of worshipers that God is looking for, that he welcomes, are those who whose hearts he's made pure, that we all have messed up backgrounds, but we don't want to be like the really good-looking chocolate on the, anybody try a Godiva chocolate this week? <laughs> all right, I, I did. Just to try, make sure everything was okay, and it, it came through beautifully. Uh, but we don't want to be like those chocolates that are good-looking on the outside, but in the inside we go, wow, there's, they're moldy, something's wrong. We don't want to be in the same in our worship, that that with our lips, every, you know, we, we, we say the right things, we but that on the inside, that God would say, your hearts are far from me. We don't, we don't want that to be us. And so we keep on coming back to him saying, God, would you purify us and make us more like you? So here's our question for today. What day of the week do you worship? Uh, some of you have already been studying my notes. Uh, yeah, I hear you. So a lot of people, what would the most common response be? 
They'd go, man, I, I worship on Sunday, right? Like I, that's, that's the day that, you know, we all gather. And it's amazing. I mean, we love coming together. Then we, we gather and we say, wow, we get to, to give praise to our great God. And we, we offer our, our, the songs of our hearts to him. Our, we read scripture. We pray together. We're just saying, God, we want our hearts together to be focused on you. And that's a great thing. But then we come to a scripture verse like this in Hebrews 13. No, don't have to turn there, but let me, you'll see this on the screen, and it says this. Let us offer through Jesus, what kind of praise? A continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name, and don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. So what we've said is in the Old Testament, you're, you're always bringing animals and all this kind. Today, after Jesus, where we're going to commemorate this Friday and Sunday, we say we, we don't offer animals. Well, there's a once-for-all sacrifice that's been made for our sin. But we do offer sacrifices, and one of those is this continual sacrifice of praise. So how often do we worship? It's continual, right? Every day. And we say, so it's not just an event, it's a lifestyle. That our worship was never meant to be isolated to one day or relegated to one location to say, when I go there, that's when I worship, or this day of the week that I worship. It's not just on Sunday. It's a continual sacrifice of praise. Whatever you do, you can worship while you do that. That means this, that this week, I wonder if any of these pictures will bring to mind something you maybe are going to be doing, that you can worship the Lord as you drive a tow motor, you as you collaborate with others, you treat patients, you do chores at home. Does one of those fit you right now? How about helping another person or biking in the metro parks? Supposed to be 74 this week. You can worship in all of those. You can worship while changing a diaper, even a dirty diaper, especially while you're doing a dirty diaper, right? <laughs> or when you're making a presentation or serving as a bank teller or working for the airlines or being a classroom teacher, serving at the mess hall, Lorraine Correctional, while eating a meal or sleeping, that everything that we do, we can say, Jesus, you're at the center of my life. Whatever I do, Lord, I want a, a continual sacrifice of, of praise. Or as the psalmist sings, he says, from the rising of the sun to its going down, the name of the Lord, what? Is to be praised. It never stops, never stops. So how do we, here's the question for today. How do we bridge the gap between Sunday and Monday. Because Sunday, there's something about, and if you say, I'm going to worship today, that, that's still appropriate. It's, it, we're, we're going to worship with God's people, and we do that. But how do we get that to flow into our Monday and Tuesday and our daily activities? Or to put it this way, if Jesus were to accompany you on the items on your schedule this week, what difference would it make? How would your life be different if you saw every day as this opportunity to give a continual sacrifice of praise. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, and 
By the way, I mention this because it's such a great app. If you don't have the Bible app, you can download that onto your phone. I still love a paper Bible, but they're both great. Really glad to have all of you with us. Those of you, Olmstead Falls, uh, thank you for engaging today as well. And you had your big Easter outreach yesterday. We're going to be joining at the, the Olmstead Falls campus uh, this Friday for our Good Friday service. Would be glad to have all of you. There's a prayer experience there this week that I sent out in my uh, churchwide email yesterday. And then can I just encourage you to take uh, some of the cards for Easter? I thought I had one here and I must have given it away. But, uh, but if you didn't get, pick up some of the invitation cards and you never know the power of just a simple invitation to somebody and to say, hey, would you join me for Easter? It's one of the two times a year, Easter and Christmas, that people often say, yeah, I'll go. It's sort of like the big holiday, and, and they'll come, so let's make an impact and invite people out. And if you're wondering what service you say, if, if I want to help out with some of the, we're going to have some full services, Saturday at 5 uh, at the Middlebrook campus or uh, Sunday morning at uh, 10 a.m. at Olmsted Falls, uh, they seat 1,000 people, and, and there should be room there as well. But we welcome you to any service, and we'll have overflow at the Middleburg campus uh, here. Uh, can I just say a quick word, too? So grateful. As I was walking around this week, I thought, I'm not sure people in our church family always have a sense of all this taking place. You might not have been aware there was an Easter outreach yesterday at the Olmsted Falls campus. Yesterday, as I walked up into the upper level here and saw 75 widows gathered for a brunch, just celebrating uh, their journey together, grieving together. I mean, they just, they get each other, but to watch that, uh, 65 uh, uh, young adults on retreat right now. This past Wednesday, we had a prayer and worship time for healing, and it was just a beautiful time. There's a mission team serving in Thailand this week, and many of you on mission right here wherever you go, and that's the, the Lord's heart for us, that we'll see whatever we do. We say, Jesus, I, I, I want to do this for you. So that brings us to our verse here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verse 31. Just going to read zero in on one verse here because it's such a game changer if we can really see this imprinted on our hearts. In fact, let's read this aloud together. You ready? It says this. Ready? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do it all for what? All for the glory of God. All, all as this offering of worship to say, Lord, and he, and he says, you, you can do it like in the most common activities of life. He goes, whether you eat, you're having lunch together with a friend at whatever, you know, you, or you drink, you get a cup of coffee this morning. He goes, you can do that or whatever else in your life, you can do it for what? For the glory of God. For the glory of God. You can worship on Monday and Tuesday and every single day of the week. But here's our challenge. We have to overcome a false distinction that has evolved over time and has infiltrated Christian thinking, and it's this, we tend to compartmentalize uh, our lives, and, and here's what's happened over the century. You'll, you'll see this in your notes, and I'm going to draw it up here as well. But if we don't consciously uh, just expose this assumption, we're tempted to think that life can be separated into two spheres. And, and it's, uh, here's, here's the way. There's two different ways of sort of living our life. And one is, uh, is that we can have this 
sense where we have two spheres, and we call it, we have the, the sacred, and we have the, anybody know this, secular, and, 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 we, and this was from a guy named Plato, Greek philosopher, uh, and this is a wrong view. No offense to those of you with a Greek background. A lot of good things come from Greek culture. New Testament was written in Greek. Hero sandwiches. <laughs> big fat weddings. Uh, you know, all have those Greek roots. And, uh, but here's what Plato said. He, and this is, we call this dualism. And... Uh, and, and, it, and, we, and, and here's what he would say, that the sacred is, is sort of the spiritual, it's, um, it's the, the kind of stuff that has eternal values, and he would say like the big ideas and, you know, universal kind of things, and, you know, when we talk, and then down here, he said we have the, uh, you know, the earthly and if I can spell that, and, and the temporal. And, and these are the things that he just says, these don't really matter as much. So this is the upper realm, and, and this is the lower realm. And, and he put like all, like if you want to philosophize and talk about things that have, he, he put that up here, but where do you think he put things like your job and your family and taking care of your body and recreation? Where do those fall? Those all come down here, right? So what this has done through the centuries has been like, well, you know, when we come to church on Sunday, we've sort of adopted this wrong, you know, philosophy of dualism where we'll say that's, that's the sacred part. In fact, you'll even hear like, I'm going to a sacred concert. We're saying we're maybe like there's a sense of the holiness, et cetera, but can it also be sacred to change a dirty diaper? Yeah, yeah, it can, right? Or to take a bike ride with a friend. Or to get a good night's sleep. Because whether you eat or drink or, what's the rest of it? Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. This right here is not a Christian worldview. This is a Greek worldview, dualism, and it's, it's not what God has for us. There's a better way, and it's, and it's this, that when then we have, uh, this is the biblical worldview, and it's, instead of being dual, dualism, it's an integrated kind of living where, where you, have, you have one life, and at the center, we said, of your life is, well, it depends. Depends what you put there. And you could put a person, you know, your significant other. If I'm tempted to idolatry, that would be it for me, to put Mary right there. Uh, it could be, it could be a, you know, your career, a job, some kind of hobby or whatever, but for a follower of Jesus, we would say that, that, that uh, Jesus is at the center of, of my life. And then everything that, that you know, goes ar around in my life, that, that it all emanates from, from there, that you know, we've said all of these things, that they find their meaning 
in relationship to him. They're, they're, they're good things. They're, they're gifts from God. Uh, and, but it's an integrated life that we would say uh, it's, it's all one. And, and Jesus is at the center. So whatever we do, it, it all flows out of our relationship with Jesus. And that's why he says, whether you eat, these are the two he mentions, or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of, of Jesus. This is the way he wants us to live, to say this is, I, I, can, I can worship on Monday. Would you turn to your neighbor and just tell him, say, I can worship on Monday? Would you tell him that? That's the biblical worldview. So he cares about every area. He wants to lead us in every area. And in all of life, we can worship him. So I'm not sure if those, these slides have gone up yet. But, I, 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 but the Greek worldview is dualism. The biblical worldview is an integrated life. The first way says your life can be separated into two spheres. The biblical pattern is that we have one life and our relationship with the Lord influences every area. Here's what that means. You and I can worship 24-7. Like we can worship all, all the time. Like everything I do, the way I watch the NCAA basketball game with friends, right? That I can enjoy that, I can do it, but the way I treat people around me, the way I comment about players, the way that I view different ethnicities, all of it, I can still honor God. That's what Paul is saying, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do. You read a book, you spend time with a friend, you're exercising, you do it all for the glory of God. Friends, here's the, God cannot be kept in a Sunday box, right? He can't be kept in a Sunday box. You, you can't do that with God. He wants to be the focus of, of our life every day. And for a lot of us, we'd say, well, what's the, what is the big like, what takes a lot of our time during the week? And we would say, well, a lot of my week is probably spent doing this right here, right? If, unless you're retired, and if you're retired, you, you've got all kinds of stuff. A lot of you are still, you go, I retire, but I'm still as active and busy as I've ever been. But let's say that you're, you're employed right now, and one of the major parts of your life is your job. Uh, how, how do you, what, what does it look like? We can't delve into this one, but you know what Paul says? He says this in, in Colossians chapter three. He's talking to people who are employed and he says this, he says, whatever you do, like whatever kind of job, whatever assignment you have, he says, do it with all your heart. Why? As working for the Lord, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is who that you're serving? It's the Lord Christ that you're serving. So when you go to work, we've said it before many times, you're going to work for him. Uh, it's not just that you say, well, I guess I'm supposed to wear like a Christian t-shirt or carry a big Bible. Or, primarily, no, it's, it's the quality of the work you do. It's the way you treat people, especially in difficult situations. Jesus says anybody can be nice to people or nice to them, but he says when you're kind and loving and gracious and you bless those who are difficult, he goes, now that, that shows that you're one of my followers, and so when we go to work and we say, Lord, this presentation I'm doing or the job I've been asked to perform or whatever it might be, God, I'm, I'm doing this for you. I, I'm, I, I'm gonna, God, you're worth it. 
This is part of my worship, and so, Lord, would you help me in this? By the way, this has implications uh, for quiet quitting. You heard about that in the news the last several months? You, you, people talking about that, quiet quitting, that, you know, that the whole idea is that uh, people stop giving their full effort. They slack off. They're like, hey, the job market's tight. I'm not going to be laid off. I don't think I'm really valued appropriately, you know, whatever. And so I'm just going to give like half effort. Still take the full paycheck, give half effort. Let me ask you this. If your real boss is not her or that other guy that maybe sometimes you struggle with and you think they demand too much, but it's him, does quiet quitting work as a form of worship? No. No. And if you go, well, I'm not really paid appropriately. Let's just see that verse one more time. What does it say? You will receive an inheritance from whom? From the Lord. Your 401k is, is that's just peanuts compared to what God wants to do for you one day when he says, oh, I, when you went to work and I just could tell you were doing that for me. Like you're, you worshiped as you, you did it all for my glory. You worshiped on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and I want my work and everything that I do to communicate, Lord, you're, you're worth it. You're at the center of my life. You've been so good to me. God, you've saved me. You've adopted me into your family, Lord. My life is just, I want to offer my body, my life as a living sacrifice to you. Lord, that everything that is about who I am, Lord, it's all for you. I want I just have to use a different color just because, you know. But it's, Lord, it's, it's all for you. Everything that I do, Lord, I want it to be, I want this to be part of saying, Lord, thank you. Thank you for all you've done in my life. Lord, I want to worship you. Here's the clear theme of Scripture. If you're following along in your notes, you'll see this as one of the bullet points you are invited to worship the Lord in every area of your life. Friends, there's no low level. There's no, none of this in God's economy. This, this right here, this, this, is, this one does not, this does not work. That is not a Christian worldview right there. It all is upper level stuff. You don't have a vocational life and a spiritual life and a financial life. You have one unified life and, and, and you can honor the Lord, you can worship him in, in all of those areas, a continual sacrifice of praise. I love how the psalmist puts it in Psalm 119. He says this, how many times a day does he say, I praise you? Seven times. Seven times a day I praise you. Seven was the number for completeness, right? So uh, how many times should we forgive? Seven times 70. And, you know, it's just, it means, it, it means fully, like it's just, Lord, all day long. And as you're going about, I mean, try it, you know, this week that as you go into whatever you do, you know, you're going shopping, you go, Lord, I don't know, this feels sort of awkward, but I'm, I'm shopping for you. Lord, uh, fill me and use me for your glory now. Maybe it's gonna, he's gonna all of a sudden prompt you to say a kind word to one of the workers, or it's gonna be the way you interact with, you know, if you still use the old school and actually have a cashier at the end, or maybe it's, you know, 
Whatever it is, you're, you're out in the metro parks and you just find yourself going, God, for all that you've made, Lord, I just, thank you. Lord, this is for you. What if just during the day, seven times a day and more, you just, everything, Lord, this is for you. This is for you, Lord. All for the glory of God. Received a note from someone this week and they wrote this. They said, when I heard you explain the dualism view between the secular and the religious spheres of our lives, I realized that I viewed my job as a necessary part of life, but not integrated with how I'm serving God. In other words, this person was sort of saying, I, I have this view down here. It's not integrated. It's sort of a separate kind of thing. My perspective changed. I, I posted a laminated copy of verses from 2 Corinthians 5. It's about being an ambassador for Christ, whatever you do. And points of your sermon on my mirror is a reminder, and my daily prayer is A-B-A-C-W. A-B-A-C-W. Would you say that with me? A-B-A-C-W. Always be a Christ-like witness. Always be a Christ-like witness. At my work, in public places, restaurants, wherever I go, that's worship. They get it. It's all for him. You see, you're first called to someone who gave his life for you. That's what we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We, we <laughs> read this. God will do this, for he is faithful to do what he says, and he has invited you, listen to this, invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You get to do life as a partnership with Jesus. He wants to go with you no matter what you do. It's a way that you can show him honor. You demonstrate your love for him. Every day of the week that you're saying, Lord, this is, this is for you. This is for you. An audience of one. Because a relationship is a relationship wherever you go. Right? Relationship is a relationship wherever you go. When you go into your workplace, you don't leave Jesus behind. When you go, into, you don't leave him behind. He's always with you. As an affirmation of this, would you... Say this one with me. You'll see this quote on the screen here. Let's say that together. You ready? Wherever I go and whatever I do, I can worship the one who saved me. There was a church that had a sign hanging over the door uh, that said, enter to worship, depart to serve. Enter to worship, depart to serve. I sort of get the intent but it would be far closer to biblical teaching to say this. Enter to worship and serve and don't quit when you leave the building. <laughs> right? Keep on worshiping. Keep on serving because wherever I go and whatever I do, I can worship the one who saved me. And if I fail to do it, will he still be worshiped? Oh, he'll still be worshiped. Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the what? The glory of God. Wait, that's exactly, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the, the glory of God. The heavens declare the glory of God. Did you see the five planets lined up this past Tuesday night in the sky? Maybe you saw that. Just go, wow, God, that's amazing. Like, I can't even fathom how far away those are. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Jesus said that if we don't praise him, even the what? The rocks will cry out. Take a walk this week and look at some rocks and go, wow, if we fail to praise him, 
those rocks are going to cry out the praise of their maker. The question is, will you and I join the chorus of the angels that we can see that are bringing praise to him, of people around the world where worship in every language, people whose lives have been given to him and all of nature and saying, Lord, you're worth it. You're worth it. Jesus, everywhere I go, whatever I do, I want to live an integrated life and you're right at the center and I want you to be with me wherever I am. That's your promise. So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. You've been around grace for several years. Uh, maybe you've heard me use this analogy. A lot of folks have said, oh, that helped me. I still, still refer back to that. So I want to share it again. Uh, and and here's, here's what we tend to do if we, if we live this way right here. We wake up in the morning and we, we start off with the sacred and we say, you know, I'm going to have some time reading my Bible. Maybe you're doing the Bible reading plan. We're going through the New Testament this year. We'd love to have you join us. Maybe you pray. You have some time. Maybe you journal. You pray for missionary. Pray for your family. That's great. That's awesome to have time with Jesus like that, to say, Lord, I'm carving out time for you. But here's what we often tend to do. We, we eat our granola, you know, and, and get our coffee, and we, we, which is also sort of sacred, right? And, and we say, okay, I did my upper level stuff and now it's time for me to go out to my day. And it's almost like we do this. We, we, we walk out the door and we get in our car, you go to the garage or whatever it is you do and it's almost like you roll down your window and you, and you say, hey, hey, Jesus, great having time with you this morning. Tell you what, we're gonna see you tonight, all right? We're going to small group Bible study. Back up in that upper realm, Right? And then we head off to work and we leave Jesus standing on the curb. That's this right here. And if we live like that, we go into the rest of our lives and we, we almost, it's like we do all of that to somehow support this up here and Jesus says, no, 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 that's not what I want. I don't want you to leave me at the curb. I want to get in the car with you or on the bus or whatever it is you do. And I want to be right here at the center of your life. That whatever you do today, it's great. Have your time with the Lord in the morning. But then say, hey, Jesus, um, thank you for going with me as I drive to work today. Um, the way I drive on the highway today, Lord, I <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because I need to say this to myself. Jonathan, this is an act of worship to God, like uh, drive in a way that brings glory to him, right? Whatever you do, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, you go to work, you go to school, you spend time with others, you volunteer, do it all, what? For the glory of God. Let's not leave Jesus at the curb this week. Instead, can we be those who with the rocks and with the skies and with all of nature that we give a continual, how often? A continual sacrifice of praise to the one who gave so much for us. Would you pray with me and let's just ask him, Lord, make me that kind of worshiper. Let's pray together. 
Lord, that's what we want. We, we want you to be honored in every area of our lives. And so we just pray right now, fill us with your Holy Spirit. We invite you into every part of our day, today, tomorrow, Tuesday. Lord, help us to see you as our constant companion to do our assignments with all of our hearts for you, Lord, and, and just that whatever we do, Lord, this is for you. This is part of my worship, Lord. I love you. Lord, be honored in my life. Lord, make us worshipers, we pray, who just never stop, never stop. Lord, you're worthy. You're worth it. We thank you today in your powerful name. And everyone said, amen. amen.